1: We know a lot about golf. Well, we're
2: waiting.
3: It is time for us, we being those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith from Golf Cave at Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana, one of the outstanding golf locations among many. Stellar golf locations in the state of Indiana.
4: There's a lot of good golf courses here, man. A lot of people don't give our state any credit for having great golf courses, but you know, there's a bunch.
3: Pete Dye was born there, lived there, and designed probably about 32.7% of the golf courses there.
4: We have the Pete Dye Golf Trail in Indiana. Yes, you do. The headliner and all that is, of course, the Pete Dye Golf Club. In French Lick, Indiana, it is an amazing place. It is just it blows the mind. Senior yeah. PJ championships are held there. What is it? The, senior the senior women's LPGA PGA is there? Mm-hmm. LPGA. I've been a rules official on that golf course for the men's NCAA Big Ten championships.
3: I've got to do a shout out to the guys at Barstool Sports. Oh you, yeah, because you know the Southern Regional NCAA Women's championship round was canceled because of weather
4: they said the golf course was not in championship Championship. condition right it was open for play and they stopped them from playing yeah one of the worst possible decisions that any administrator could possibly ever make
3: and 16 teams their season ended right then and there just
4: bang gotta love dave portnoy yep barstool sports guy and he said no that's a bunch of crap yeah these girls need to compete yep they had their own tournament man he paid for it all he funded the teams to come back because the because te- a lot of the schools were out of out of money, out yeah. of travel money, out of the budget. Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, sure, no problem, yeah. bring it." Yeah, and he brought them in so they could compete. And I
3: got to tell you, though, there's one thing: our buddy Frank Bassett from Golf Talk America, an Old Miss grad. Oh, Old Miss won yeah. the women's championship.
4: How about that?
3: There's no living with that dude now, None oh, whatsoever.
4: <laughs> You're right, there isn't. But you know what? Well, Frank, he deserves a little something sometime, you know.
3: He he does a little something he can hang his hat on. We've got some stuff he's
4: got to look at every day.
3: (laughs) We've got some stuff coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, First off, I want to talk about the golf course that beat Jeff Smith.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
3: (laughs) and we're also going to talk about accuracy and what do you have to give up for accuracy? How important is it? Well, very important, and we have some uh, case studies that prove that. Uh, all in all, it's going to be another fun show. We'll be right back.
1: Hang out. We all those weekend golf guys. Kicking back with a good cigar, it's a reward. It's a tradition. And if you've been going to a gas station or convenience store, it's expensive. It's time to try FamousSmoke.com. Famous delivers your favorite cigars right to your doorstep at America's lowest prices. You know what you buy at a gas station? Gas. Beef jerky, lottery tickets, not cigars. That gas station doesn't watch their humidor like we watch ours. Filled to the rafters with over 1,000 brands like Romeo, Drew Estate, Rocky Patel, Fuente, Macanudo, and more. Millions of cigars in stock, ship fast and guaranteed to arrive at your door fresh and ready to smoke. No gas station guarantees that, but we can because cigars have been our family business for over 80 years. Here's our best deal yet. Go to FamousSmoke.com and use promo code 10BUCKS at checkout. That's one zero bucks. We'll take 10 bucks off your $50 order. If you want real cigars, trust a real cigar shop. Famous Smoke Shop and save $10 now with promo code 10BUCKS. Only a Famous Smoke Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. Here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt. And now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today.
3: Call Credit Guard of America now at 800-672-6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. The segment of Those Weekend Golf Guys is brought to you by OmahaStakes.com. keyword golf guys. You go there, use keyword golf guys, and you will not miss out on the Father's Day special. OmahaStakes.com. keyword golf guys. It is us, Those Weekend Golf Guys, John Ashton, along with Jeff Smith, the golf course that beat Jeff
4: Smith. It isn't often because I don't play very often.
3: Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right? But it, it wasn't one of the Pete Dye golf courses. This was a new golf course. A Steve Smyers design. And it's the Indiana University golf course. It's brutal.
2: <laughs> it is a
4: it is an absolute ball buster of a golf course. I did not play the absolute back tees. I am too smart for that. I'm old now. Mm -hmm. I moved up to the normal human tees at like 6,900 yards. I played with three other guys that were players. All of them could play. Okay. And I will tell you, first off, I must say I only lost one of my golf balls, only one. And it's because I hit a bad tee shot and I lost it because out there at the Indiana university golf course right now, I don't believe that since they've built the golf course that they have bought a mower because, <laughs> because the guys that I played with, I think that they are still out there looking for like what I think it might be like a year's supply of golf balls that they lost
2: <laughs> on that golf
4: course, thick, heavy, dense, nasty, snarly, rough everywhere. You look everywhere in the landing areas for these guys.
3: Is it a links style course? No. Okay, because they seem it's to be a, it, notorious it, for high grass areas, uh, narrow fairways, well, it, and hard to oh, find. Oh, it had
4: plenty of that, and there's okay. a lot of holes where they're tree-lined, um, You know, and some of the holes, actually, it's a redesign, and some of the holes, I think two or three of the holes, I remember playing in those same corridors about five years ago when it was the older version of the IU golf course. Okay. It's really interesting. So you're going through the golf course, and you're imagining, I used to play this hole going the other direction, right down this corridor. And nine green used to be right down there in that little pit. And now I'm teeing off going the other way. <laughs> and it's it's interesting. And, and they it was a wonderful design. Cool. And they have some obscenely hard greens, which were so much fun for me because I putted well. Okay. So I, I will say this, this is a great personal shout out to Mark Sweeney of Aimpoint. I played yesterday and I use Aimpoint and I'm an Aimpoint certified instructor and I've been using Aimpoint for a long time. I have never seen the golf course. It is crazy greens. I had four double breakers on the golf course that day and I made five birdies and didn't have any three putts and my shortest birdie putt was about 15 feet. So this is a, a personal testament to how great the aim point green reading system is once you're good at it. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a big shout out to Mark Sweeney. Mark, thanks. Friend of the show has been on our show. Yep. Um, I also got three, uh, three aim point converts into it right away because of what they just watched.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Because between them, now granted, the greens are difficult, but granted, these were, um, experienced, good players playing with me. Okay. And after being pummeled to, to get to death between the T and the green, once they got their ball on the green, I witnessed no less or no fewer than 15 three putts out of the other guys. Whew. Yes, man. That's, so,
3: and as, that's, that's a kiss of death right there. I mean, if you're a player and you're trying to score three putts, you might as well just hang it up.
4: It, it was unreal. Yeah. So just one of those things that I, I hit the ball straight enough to be successful, but yet. I was over par. I had five birdies yesterday, John, and I was – I shot 78 yesterday. Mm. Now, that is a um, – I'm never happy with a 78. However, I play very little golf. This was round six, and this was on Memorial Day, and I'd only played six rounds of golf, and the first five were in early January when I was down in Hilton Head. Right. (laughs) So – But the reality of it was, is had this been my 20th round of golf, I probably would have not done any better there. This golf course was going to eat your lunch and spit it back out into your face (laughs) and laugh at you when it does it.
3: Now, the three guys that were with you, did any of them break down at any time and say, Jeff, a little help here, please?
4: They weren't going to get it. There was a bet.
3: Okay. (laughs) All right. So you may have scored more than you had hoped, but you walked off as the winner, I would presume.
2: But
4: there's a point where I didn't have to pay for my own gas on the way home, which is saying something at the price of today's
2: gas.
4: So, you know. I'm all okay with that.
3: <laughs> so the the course may have beaten you, but you beat the rest of the playing partners. So everything works out in the wash.
4: <laughs> I was playing with, with someone that I had not seen in a little while and, and really enjoy his company. And that is, um, it's kind of how he twisted my arm. He doesn't live in the state. He's from Dallas. Okay. And, um, he came up to uh, to go to the the Indianapolis 500, and oh, cool. so he he did that. And then the next day, uh, he stick he stuck around for a little while, and then we played golf.
3: Yeah, and and so he
4: came and watched me teach for a half a day, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then we went out to uh, the IU golf course. Very we drove cool. About an hour down the road, and went to play golf. Had a great time.
3: You know, and and the Indy 500 seems to follow along the pattern of some other major sporting events so far this year um like phil at the age of 50 wins pga championship and yep. and helio castronovas
4: <laughs> yep.
3: who's in his 50s won his fourth indy 500 i mean it seems to be the year of the old guy
4: isn't that amazing yeah it's pretty cool so i i guess in the year of the old guy John, I think it's time for you to break 80 now. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: It's my year. <laughs> Take Apparently advantage.
3: So. Strike while the iron is hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: right. The stars and moons are aligned for John to get it done.
3: That's it. The moon is in the 7th house and Jupiter has aligned with Mars. So there you go. Oh man, but I I I am just you know as as we have oft quoted uh, there's a line in one of Shakespeare's plays is something like, there's something something inside of us that delights at the misfortune of our friends. I am not delighting that you were beaten by the IU golf course. I am delighting, however, in knowing that you are human <laughs> and, and that you have some of the same foibles that the rest of us have. That the rest of us have. No doubt. You know? Um
4: There's no doubt. I had them not necessarily off the tee, but with some, some miscues with irons and wedges. Mm, ooh. So ooh. it happens.
3: right? Yeah, Yeah. One thing we're,
4: we're all that way.
3: You know, I, I had the, the, the opportunity and the pleasure of playing two days last week, back to back, um, that two separate golf courses yet. Very similar as to how to approach them. One was chariot run. Uh mm-hmm. in, in uh, Laconia, Indiana, the other one was called Weisinger Hills, which is out here in Shelbyville, Kentucky, both of them in excellent shape. One of them, the greens were running at an 11. The other one, the greens were running at about a nine. And one of them had very high. It was a, a link. The chariot run is a links style course. So they have very high grass, uh, you know, not a whole lot of trees, but a lot of high grass. You'll never find your ball. You'll probably find three or four others if you go in looking for them, but you'll never find your own. And the one uh, here in Kentucky is very tree-lined, very pastoral, and and very nice. And um, I scored much better on the first one than the second one, and I too had some some miscues with some wedges and some irons, which we need to talk about. Uh, and another thing that most that that ticks off. So so much it's it's indescribably how angry it makes us or frustrated the our average weekend golfer is it on on the first day at chariot run i hit every fairway off the tee all 14 of them that's
2: Ye- amazing
3: yesterday i couldn't put Were a you drive- wedge
4: again off the tee
3: no no <laughs> no okay i was make sure. hitting my driver long and straight but then the next day i couldn't buy a drive I was going left. I was going right. I was over trees. I was in the trees. I'd, I'd hit the middle of the fairway, but it would be spinning such that it would get a ground draw or something and bounce. Does well,
4: that mean that your 36th hole average was the same? Yeah. Fairways
3: hit.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that and a few other
3: things you've said have triggered some questions in my head, and we are going to tackle them and make everybody better when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. You need to hang out with us. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golf guys. My neighbor, Ralph, was home alone because his wife went out of town to visit friends for a week. He came over to the house for dinner. I was grilling out the last shipment of Omaha steaks I got. And I had cooked them with the uh, seasoning that Omaha steaks gives. I mean, absolutely delicious stuff. And he has one bite and goes, oh, this is like the best steak I've ever had in my life. Well, the problem is now, every time I fire up the grill, Ralph's picking his head up over the fence. What you cooking? I said, Ralph. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword golf guys. Order your own get out and grill assortment, okay? Then you can invite me over. Whether you get it for your father for Father's Day or whether you get it for a friend, you get it for yourself. It is the best steak of your life, guaranteed. You visit OmahaSteaks.com, keyword golf guys, and order your own get out and grill assortment and do it today. I'm just now, every time I grill out, I'm just hoping the wind is blowing away from Ralph's house. Don't forget, for a limited time, you can get four free New York Strip burgers with your order. That's OmahaSteaks.com, keyword golf guys. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is. It's very easy. $5golfclub.com. The number $5golfclub.com. It is us, the Weekend Golf Guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. He has just um, confessed to being beaten by the uh, Indiana University uh, redesigned golf course. You think?
4: Okay. I think I'm going to be one of many. <laughs> that get beaten by that course? Yeah. I will say this. I've played a lot of golf courses and and interesting when you asked me about the style and you know as i was out there it reminds me of one golf course that i've played that is well known and hosted u.s opens before because of its brutish nature its length and its difficult greens well it reminds me of two now that i mention it except now it really more reminds me of of beth page black okay And the reason I say this is because it also reminded me for a little bit there of Oakmont, except they've cut all the trees down at Oakmont, so we don't have that problem. (laughs) I didn't have that problem anyway, because I, I hit every fairway but one. But when I played Beth Page Black, there were hills and trees, and then there were a couple of sections of wide open where the wind would really get you, and there was the occasional big tree. So it had more of that sensation to me. Because it, there was nothing flat. There was, um, because it's Southern Indiana and there is nothing flat in Southern Indiana. Right. Um, Northern Indiana, that's a whole different story. Yes. We could talk about that. Yeah, that's News Fest up there. Um, <laughs> but Southern Indiana, uh, there's nothing flat. And so this golf course was rolling hills with deciduous trees, pine trees, plenty of nature. We saw two deer on the golf course and a hawk. And we saw a field mouse, um, but the field mouse really was really not having a good time because he was <laughs> hanging out a little too close to the hawk's beak. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was um, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think it reminded me more of Beth Page Black than than any other golf course that I played.
3: One of the reasons why it it's so hard, those courses are so hard is because they demand accuracy. They demand yes. you being able to put your ball where you need the ball to be. And you and I both on our last rounds have played with people who were long. I mean, I I had both of my rounds. I was paired up with another guy who was long off the tee. I mean, this guy, the first guy, he was still 58 years old. And he was still, He his decision was, do I play from the tips or from the blue tees? He chose the blue tees, which a chariot runner about 69.50, I think. And That's he won and he was bombing his drives. But they seldom landed in the fairway. Yeah. He spent an and awful then, lot of time looking for errant drives. Balls. Yep. He could he could hit it a ton, but he couldn't he couldn't tell you where it was gonna go.
4: It's
0: ridiculous. You know, and that's
4: often a problem for people. You know, some people make the game too hard on themselves. The the whole mentality of golfers is no different than what it was 20 years ago the woods were still full of long drivers right (laughs) because they got to realize that the people who hit the ball really hard like harder than i do harder than you do harder than most of the people that listen to our show they have to think of their driver as their accuracy club and they don't want to do that because if they're two percent offline and they hit the ball at prodigious distances and putting prodigious amounts of curvature on it, they're in trouble. Mm. Big time trouble.
3: Yep. And especially if they don't know why. Um, because I mean if you hit one, you hit an errant shot, you can immediately know why. You can know that your your club face was opened or, or closed. You know that your you your swing plane was either, you know, right to left or left I- to right. Depending on and whether I, it I goes
4: yeah, what was going on
3: and you know how to fix it, yes most most other guys like the the guy we played with on the second day was a younger guy. he had no idea. I mean some of his shots would would go everything went to the right, but some would go right with a a slice, you know, nice s- strong curve to the right. And some start right, curve right. Yeah. And some just went straight right, just, you know, it was Mm -hmm. was out at a 45 degree angle from where he thought he was aiming And he had no idea why. And, and spouting, spouting words like, I'm coming over the top. Okay. What does that mean? (laughs) You You heard somebody say that one day, man. I know, right?
4: Yeah. I have this, oh, this penchant for talking to my students and I ask them what they did. I want to know their psychology. I want to know why they're so bad. And all I have to do is ask them, what did you think you did there? And then they spout it off. And then I let them hit about five more shots. And I ask him on all these shots that they hit, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do mm-hmm. while I'm recording these shots, film camera, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I'll ask him these things, like even in the studio, when I put dots on the face of the club and I measure their face to path relationship and all this. And then I kind of record what they say on each one and then I show them after four or five of these misdiagnosis things that they do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is when I begin to call them out because they keep, let's say reaching into the deep, dark recesses of a, of an internal back pocket, so to speak. And they pull out this answer And they hold it up in front of them. They go, Oh, I got it right here. This is what I did. And they are completely guessing. Right. And I ask them, Why do you think the way you think? And they tell me, Well, this must happen. And the answers that I get prove to me that there is so much wrong in the world of commonly spoken golf. Mm -hmm. Because A guy that's ball starts right and curves, right. He says I came over the top as opposed to the face just being pointed way to the right. Right. He could have been swinging dead down the target line, but a ball that starts right and curves, right. Clearly the club face at the time it ran into the golf ball was facing. Right. Right. Yes, sir. (laughs) You've got to trace the ball flight through the face of the club And then figure out which direction the club was swinging. But no, people assume they did something, because we all do, right? Right. To make the club do what it did. But they're not willing to look at it from the ball flight and the physics of that back to the face. And then the physics of that back to where the swing must have come from. Mm -hmm. They won't do the backwards thing to find the evidence and to find the one spot. So yesterday I had or my my teacher friend from Texas was here before we went and played golf. Um he watched me work with this well established player. He's been playing since high school golf. He'd played good high level amateur golf, state contender kind of thing, right? That level of golf. He's a you know a, a good, he's a three or four handicapper. Mm-hmm. And he so got it so backwards in his head that he could not get anything straight. And so he came in desperation to see me. It took me six swings and 10 minutes worth of common sense facts of what's going on, what to do to repair that. And after that, every shot was hitting exactly the shot he wanted to play, which is a small baby draw. Mm -hmm. He wanted that. But he was hitting a start right, curve right. And so he, of course, thought he was casting it out coming over the top, getting his hand in front of his body up at the top half of the swing and swinging down across his body in the bottom half of the swing. Well, guess what? He wasn't doing any of that. Okay. He was holding on so tight with his left hand that as he pulled his left arm through, because he was a puller in his mentality, I'm going to pull on this club. And guess what he did? He did exactly that. He pulled the handle of the club beyond the golf ball so much that he couldn't get the club face to square up. So the ball starts right, curves right. Mm. His club path was only traveling one degree left of the target line while hitting these bad shots. One degree. I defy anyone who's listening to this to see a difference between one degree and zero degrees down the target line with their eyeballs or a camera. Yeah, I defy them to do that. It's essentially as dead a straight toward the target swing as you're going to get. Right. Now, he was swearing that he came over the top because his ball curved right, but he forgot that the club face was part of that deal. The face was right of his path, and he only thought of it as a path thing, and it was clearly not the path. It was clearly the club face. So what I got him to do, oddly enough, I adjusted his right hand down a little bit, so a little bit more under, stronger in common golf terminology, Mm -hmm. by maybe an eighth of an inch rotated downward. And then I softened up his left hand and arm, and the ball problem went away. Because it was not a path issue, it was a face issue. Right. His right hand coming through would move the face in there faster and square it up quicker. And as long as the left hand squeeze thing that he was doing was not getting in the way, he could rip it straight up the middle. And it's exactly what he got was his shot that he was wanting the whole time. Right. So as we both play with people who hit the ball offline, more often than not, they have the wrong ideas in their head about what's going on because they haven't been presented with very many, if any, facts, lots of talk lots of jargon, a lot of golf speak, not very many facts. Yeah,
3: plus there's so many different uh, variables that come into play that, sure. uh, that, ball that, position. that alignment. the alignment the things in the magazine don't take into consideration and that's usually where we pick up the jargon and the idea of what we're doing wrong. But I do think we've we've learned some very valuable lessons here. We have learned that that swing path is not necessarily what causes errant ball flight off the tee. It could be face position at contact, many variables as to what causes that face position to be wrong at contact. And the other thing we've learned is if Jeff Smith ever asks you, what did you do wrong there? Look at him straight in the eye and say, "Uh,
4: I don't know. (laughs) And then the conversation gets a little easier.
3: (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) So I hope you wrote all of that down. We'll be right back. Hang with us. Yeah, you want some Arnold Palmer Spike, but you don't know where to go to get it? We can help. ArnoldPalmerSpikes.com slash golf guys. Go there right now and find the place closest to you to pick up some right now. I'd say the perfect end to a round of golf is, of course, a round of drinks. What do you prefer to drink? You know, a lot of us in the past few years have been going with the Arnold Palmer. You know, that combination of brewed iced tea and lemonade. Some people say, well, it's not quite enough of a kick. Well, how about this? Arnold Palmer Spiked, the same fresh-brewed tea, the same real fruit juice with 5% ABV. Now you're talking, it is going to be your go-to drink all summer long. You can have it at the lake on the links. Anywhere you're going to be this summer, nothing beats an Arnold Palmer Spiked for refreshment. Tastes so good. Find Arnold Palmer Spiked in a store near you at arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash guys. That'll tell you where to go to get it. Or you can go to Drizzly and Instacart and look for it there. That's arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash guys. 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee. Malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly. I'm sure you've heard all the horror stories about how hard it is for small business owners to find employees these days. But if you are a small business owner, you're living that problem. You're not just hearing about it. Plus, you're busier than ever because you're growing your business again. You're getting things back to the way they were. You don't have time to spend on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is important for you. And they have made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. You can get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Whatever you need, there is somebody out there who's looking for exactly what you're offering. You fill out targeted screening questions. You get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, the skills, and the motivation you need. And LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. And your first job post is free. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash golfguys. Again, that's
2: to get it done Oh, we are
3: back those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Still smarting from a uh, an adventure at the Indiana University uh, golf, redesigned golf course. It beat him. It beat him bad.
4: I got 78, but I had five birdies in the process and no three putts. That was a good thing.
3: So uh, all of the uh, over par holes were
4: because of bad shots from the fairway? Irons and wedges, right? Mm-hmm. It's a punishing golf course, right? Okay. Even though I was playing from the fairway on all of them except one. Okay. I made a nice triple bogey on that one because one, I lost a golf ball. Uh-huh. There's a double right there, and yeah. then when when my next ball, because we were actually playing the rules, I went back. Ah, and I struck another ball from the tee and I put it in the fairway and I made a bogey off of that one. Cool. So there all we go. There you go. Quick triple. All right. yeah. Yep. Happens, folks.
3: It does. Happens to everybody. To the best of them, which is harder to do for someone who is making mistakes with their driver? Is it? getting to be accurate or getting better distance, which, which you go for well, first. I think,
4: it's, I think it's harder for them to get distance because it's easy for them to accept the fact that they've got to hit it straighter and get the club face straight to the path. I could teach them that. Yeah. I think the harder one is distance because most people are never going to get over there. I have to swing and grunt and force and push and put a bunch of, truck pushing kind of effort into this golf swing
3: right
4: and actually to create more force because I think that they they think that this this type of force this type of effort is what makes it all work because they hear these prodigious distances people hit the ball and they think the only way to go about that is to produce more um, muscles flexing and pushing and squeezing. And all those things that work in football yeah, and powerlifting.
3: This ain't football.
4: (laughs) And it ain't powerlifting. No. So I I think that that's actually harder. I think that if people found out that, let's say they were hitting a driver and every hole was a maximum of 280 yards to the flag, Mm -hmm. most people wouldn't swing nearly as hard because it just didn't seem that far away, right? it would seem like a very short hole and they would feel more relaxed. But I think that the overall distance of holes gives people the notion, I got to hit a wedge. Like anything from a four iron down to a nine iron doesn't exist in their bag, (laughs) (laughs) but yet they'll go out there to, as you said, to, uh, to champion's point and, um, next thing you know they're standing on the blue tees at 6900 yards yeah and they still have the same mentality i'm going to hit a 9 iron or a wedge into this green even though i'm standing back here at a 435 yard par 4 right yeah right yeah and and it seems to me that they think that the distance only has to come from the driver because that's their ego that way, they can feel like they hit their driver three hundred plus. Because apparently, three hundred and ten is common.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's that's the new one everybody does.
4: I hit my driver three hundred and ten.
3: Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. and other yes. lies I tell myself. <laughs> yes, I was. Um, I, th- I think we may revisit also. You you, you talked about one of the the uh, elements being ball position. Uh, remember we talked one time about the Goldilocks zone yes and i have found again there are things that get so frustrating and i'm sure all of us have shared this but uh, one of the rounds i played last week it was for the first three holes the irons were all the iron shots were all going to the left and it was like wait a minute i fixed this (laughs) i don't Uh do this anymore and then i realized that the ball was too far back in my stance And it's one of the things that happens when it's balls too far back in my stance. I don't know why, and I won't begin to try to even figure out why. But when the ball position is too far back, I hit the
4: ball to the left. Well, I remember seeing you do that with the ball position back in your stance at that moment. You also jammed your hands forward and then twisted the club left. Yeah. So you had kind of a triple whammy going on there with (laughs) ball position that made you alter the club. Yeah. And then you'd strike it, and the path was moving right because the ball was back in your stance. You caught it early, and then you managed to twist the club face left, so you had a big difference between the swinging direction of the club and the face angle of the ball, and the face was way left to path, and boom, it's curving. Who'd thunk it?
3: (laughs) So it just a simple fix. Going, oh, that's right. I remember now. Moving it more to where it's in the middle and, and voila, they were, and it
4: stopped you from twisting the club to the left because the ball position was in a better place. And then your overall view of the club face looking straight was better. Yeah. You stopped turning the face in when the ball was centered and then everything was hunky Dory, as you like to say. Yeah.
3: And there's something else, man, I need to ask and I'll ask it in public and, and just try not to embarrass me. Okay. But the ru- that might be the hardest
2: thing <laughs> that I've ever done.
3: <laughs> you know the routine that that um I have adopted since working with you. And and it is first things first is you make sure that the club face is in the right position. I hold the club yeah. out in the middle of my body and see that the the grooves are perpendicular to the ground, right? Then I put the club down. And make sure that the everything is, you know, copacetic with ball position and everything. My my stance is right. And then swing and, and hit a good shot. But I do find, for some reason, and I maybe you can explain this to me, or maybe it's just me, that if I get the club in the right position and then set it behind the ball and set the club in the right position using only my left hand and then bringing my right hand in after I know it's in the right position, I hit crisper longer and better spin shots why is that
4: well first your brain was settled in on my left hand is part of the control over my club and it's lined up in the same place relative to my face my face is pointed in the right spot my hands hanging in the right place so i didn't screw up that piece of it (laughs) right right And then when you bring your right hand in, you bring your right hand in so it matches where the club face is. And next thing you know, you're stabilizing the face, and voila, Uh simplicity, and you have straight-line shots. Yeah. So what you've done is you've figured out a good procedure for your mind, and at the same time, you just don't twist the face when you're putting your hands on. So if the face isn't, if the shaft is not rotating, when you're putting your hands on, you're not tweaking the shaft. You're not fiddling around. You're not rotating. And so that's yeah, what, that would work.
3: And that's what many of us do. If we have an improper grip or if we're setting up, a, you know, even as as little as, is parts of inches too far back or too far forward and stuff like that is our body compensates And we screw up the shot. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of room for error in setup-wise.
4: You know, there are certain angles that we like to get right. Mm -hmm. The ones that relate to the ball flight, you know, are the, the biggest, most important things. And we could all make a case for every part of your setup is going to make a case have an influence on ball flight. And that is 100% true, Mm -hmm. but some have a greater influence on taking away the negative. And some have a greater influence on if the negative is already gone, these angles can just help things along a little bit better. Okay. So let's talk about the ones that take away a big negative.
2: Okay. How
4: about the relationship between the left hand and the right hand and the club face itself? All
2: three. Okay.
4: So where is your left hand? How does it hang down? What way should you be just placing it on the shaft relative to where the face is pointing? Mm -hmm. And if you can match that up with let's say your hand hangs your left hand hangs down and as you open up your palm and you just kinda straighten out your fingers and it hangs down out in front of you, say it angles like on a forty-five degree angle to the left. Right. So the club face is straight out in front of you mm-hmm. and the, the hand would fall naturally. And let's say it's angled 45 degrees the left. You'd grip it like that. And that is what's called your neutral. Make sense? Yes. Your hand's yes. already hanging in that position. You put it on and that when you put it on, you just lift the thing up straight without twisting, turning the shaft or anything. And the club face is straight in your hands. Bam. Now you've got that relationship between those two things. You're great. And let's say that you're a side-on golfer, means you put your hand right on the backside of the shaft, bang, straight on the backside at 3 o'clock on the shaft, the absolute backside, not slightly under and not slightly over, just bam, dead on the side of the shaft, Mm -hmm. and then close your hands. And next thing you know, that palm of that hand, relative to where that club face is, is also on there in a way that won't twist it. Isn't that convenient? Yes. Now balls are going to fly pretty much up the middle. So those are the bigger things that I would do, um, to take away a lot of curvature problems.
3: And one of the things you just said is, is a big deal, even though it was, it was communicated very quickly, but you're neutral yeah. with your left hand, a lot of people, and you've seen it, you've shown people, you, you made a change to and try to produce a mark that took probably about 15 strokes off his game because he can hit it down the middle every time now, simply by adjusting his grip because his grip was not left-hand neutral. It was not his neutral position. Not his, right? Yeah. It and, was in some book. Yes. In that neutral. This is how you hold the club. And it yeah. doesn't work for everybody like that.
4: It, it, you know, and and the truth is, is that the illustrations in said book are, Beautiful illustrations. They're they're somewhat mesmerizing to look at. But that information wasn't for intrepid producer Mark. No. At all. No. So in that, all I gave him was what was right for him. His ball went better. And like you said, it was like 15 shots off of his game. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Because.
3: And 30 minutes because me. he stopped looking for balls.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Play yeah. faster. Love yeah. it. Yep. Smile more, play faster, play yep. more golf. And that's, hmm. and
3: that's just something that, that is is so fundamental, yet so few people realize, is that the neutral position for your left hand is not necessarily what, you know, Ben Hogan's grip looked like. You know?
4: It's not it's not he also in that book that he wrote the five fundamentals of golf
2: Mm -hmm.
4: was really poorly titled book okay it should have been how not to hook it (laughs) or how to hit a fade one of the two okay well that's what he was seeking
3: Mm -hmm. okay
4: and that's what he got And he was magical at it. And if the book was properly titled, we may not have used that as the de facto teaching model for 20 years. Wow. Okay. Because an awful lot of golfers don't want to hit that shot because it's too close to the one in shape than the one that kills them all. Right. Which is a big fat slice.
3: Yeah. Wow.
4: And so uh, they, they, they should have looked at a little bit of context there in, in Hogan's great book. Yeah.
3: And just if if we have yet not imparted to you, those of you who have listened on a semi-regular basis, there is no one right way to do everything in golf. Or there's no one right way to do anything in golf. You need to find your right way to do it. And you can't find that in the back of a magazine or in anybody's book. We're going to be right back. Hang with us. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com WKND Golf Guys. WKND Golf Guys on Twitter. Follow us. We love it. You know, you can go online and get recipes from the best restaurants in the, in the world, right? And you can u- use that same recipe and you can use the same ingredients and you can try it and you go, man, at the restaurant, it tasted so much better than this. What's the difference? The difference is the quality of the kitchen tools. Your professional chef has access to the best kitchen tools. And so do you now with Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware Anyone's capable of making restaurant-quality food at home. Made In produces professional-quality cookware for those who love to cook. Directly to you without the markup. Right now. Made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code Golf Guys. This is the best discount available anywhere online for made in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash golf guys and use the promo code Golf Guys for 15% off your first order. Madeincookware.com slash golf guys. Use promo code Golf Guys.
1: Texting enrolls you in recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the big Hurt. After I left baseball,
3: NuGenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text MAIN to 321321. That's M-A-I-N to 321321. So, what have we learned again today? Well, the major thing is when Jeff Smith says, what did you do wrong? You say, I don't know. Okay. That is the major lesson that we've learned from him. Pull some
4: (laughs) gas out of the deep dark recesses of some internal back pocket.
3: There are many places to go to get the information you need on what is right for you to straighten out your drives, to get more distance, to hit better iron shots. Many places you can go. If anybody says there's only one way to do something, then you should probably just walk away. If you would like to have Jeff posed the question to you. <laughs> what did you do wrong? <laughs> We've got a thing, man. We've got a golf cave experience. You can you can just go to those weekendgolfguys.com slash golf cave experience, and you will be able to see what it is. But it, in just real quick, uh, you and your normal group, all right, just bring in a bunch of guys, two, three, four guys, whatever. Come on in. Spend a day. A few hours in the morning going over what you and Jeff have talked about before you arrive as to what your main problems are. He'll see what you're doing wrong. He will tell you what you're doing wrong after he asks you once and you say, I don't know, Jeff. That's why I'm here. (laughs) And then once those things are fixed, we hang out, have a little lunch, and we go out to the Timbergate Golf Course, play, uh, play nine. Play some golf, right? Play some golf together. And come back in and record a segment of the show where you can tell everybody how much more better you were after the lessons with Jeff than before. It's a fun time. Golf Cave Experience. ThoseWeekendGolfGuys.com slash Golf Cave Experience. It's going to be fun.
4: Don't forget to tell them about the part where you're the comedy relief of the day.
3: Oh, yeah. I come out and play, too. (laughs) There we have it. <laughs> and then and then the conversation is with Jeff going, John, what did you do wrong? And my answer usually is, oh, probably everything. <laughs> <laughs> Where should I begin? <laughs> but uh those com slash golf experience does does that. A lot of stuff you can just go to thoseweekendgolfguys.com, catch up on any shows you may have missed. And then also uh, follow us on Facebook, if you would, at facebook.com slash golf guys, and, uh, and join our private group, the League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. There are many of us. We are legion. You need to come in and, and join up with uh, with the rest of uh, of your tribe. So with that in mind, find out what your neutral position is for your left hand. Hold the club correctly and play some better golf.